Greetings to the PATH family. Our slogan at the PATH is meeting you where you are. We invite you to follow, share, and check us out on social media. You may connect with us at any time, anywhere. On Facebook at The PATH Church or Instagram and Twitter at Join the PATH. Without further delay, enjoy this week's sermon. No, the future really is bright as you hear our young people talk about uh, who they are, who they want to be, um, and the type of impact that they want to make uh, in this world. I hope and pray that all of us uh, can lock into the dreams that God has put on our hearts. Um, what we want to do right now is transition into uh, just a short message, a short charge for us uh, to get us going uh, for uh, the week. Um, you know, one of the things I appreciate about both Paige and Makai is that they're serving civically. So they're in student government. They're looking to make an impact in that way. And uh, I get a chance to serve with the AND campaign. I'm one of the co-founders for that organization. Uh, we have a slide uh, right now. Uh, and, and really, the AND campaign is about how do you engage in politics? How do you engage uh, in civic life and public life with the compassion and the conviction of Jesus Christ? So for all of you uh, who may be part of SGA, want to be part of that, or want to take part in community service in that manner, uh, please make sure you come on down. One of these tables uh, will be uh, with the AND campaign. Uh, we have a local chapter here in Atlanta. We'd love to get more college students involved, and we're giving out some t-shirts, some books. Uh, we wrote a book, Compassion and Conviction, uh, to really educate Christians on how to engage in the public square. All right. We'll also have uh, a table for Bethany Christian Services uh, that engages in how to help our young people uh, really understand healthy relational dynamics. Um, and of course, we'll have Be a Peacemaker table as well uh, that will help us to engage with community service. So make sure after service you hang around. We'll have food for you, but check out uh, the tables that we have because we really want to be a resource for you and for you to leave here knowing that, hey, I have a support system to live out my dream. You know, as we go into this next season um, in, uh, in, as a church, what we're doing is we're studying out the book of Acts. And uh, our series is called Everyone, Every Day, Everywhere. Uh, and our hope is that every one of us will maximize our impact uh, as we partner with the Holy Spirit every day and share the gospel everywhere. So in this series, if you're new and you haven't been here the last few weeks, we're really learning about everyday disciples used by God to make an eternal impact. And the church said... I like when y'all talk back to me, okay? I like when you talk back to me. Amen? Hey, I see you. All right, so last week, Dr. Patterson did a great job uh, talking about Acts chapter 3. Um, this is after the resurrection, the start of the first church. And uh, the disciples, Peter and John, they went out on a prayer wall. They're going to go pray, and they meet somebody in need, a crippled man uh, who was asking for money. And they said, you know, money I don't have. Silver and gold I can't give you, but I can give you something better. Be healed. And in that moment, he was healed. And in that moment, all these people came around and started looking at them like, what happened? How did you do that? And they took the opportunity to preach about Jesus Christ. And so we're going to pick up in Acts chapter 4 and verse 1. We'll have the scriptures up on the screen, and I ask you to, to read along uh, with me uh, and follow along as I read the scripture, okay? Uh, so while Peter and John were speaking to the people, they were confronted by the priests 
the captain of the temple guard, and some of the Sadducees. These leaders were very disturbed that Peter and John were teaching the people that through Jesus there is a resurrection of the dead. They arrested them, and since it was already evening, they put them in jail until morning. But many of the people who heard their message believed it. So the number of the men there who believed now totaled about 5,000. Now the next day, the council of all the rulers and elders and teachers of religious law, they met in Jerusalem. Annas, the high priest, was there, along with Caiaphas, John, Alexander, and other relatives of the high priest. They brought in the two disciples and demanded, by what power or in whose name have you done this? Amen. <laughs> then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, rulers and elders of our people, are we being questioned today because we've done a good deed for a crippled man? Do you want to know how he was healed? Let me clearly state to all of you and to all the people of Israel that he was healed by the powerful name of the Nazarene the man you crucified, but whom God raised from the dead. For Jesus is the one referred to in the scriptures where it says, the stone that you builders rejected has now become the cornerstone. There is salvation in no one else. God has given no other name under heaven by which we must be saved. Whew, that's some strong words. Verse 13, the members of the council were amazed when they saw the boldness of Peter and John. For they could see that they were ordinary men with no special training in the scriptures. They also recognized them as men who had been with Jesus. But since they could see the man who had been healed standing right there among them, there was nothing the council could say. So they ordered Peter and John out of the council chamber and conferred among themselves. What should we do with these men? They asked each other. We can't deny that they have performed a miraculous sign and everybody in Jerusalem knows about it. But to keep them from spreading their propaganda any further, we must warn them not to speak to anyone in Jesus' name again. Not ever so they called the apostles back. This was their big plan and commanded them never again to speak or teach in the name of Jesus. But Peter and John replied, do you think God wants us to obey you rather than him? We cannot stop telling about everything we have seen and heard. The council then threatened them further. They tried to keep threatening them, but they finally let them go because they didn't know how to punish them without starting a riot. For everyone was praising God for this miraculous sign, the healing of a man who had been lame for more than 40 years. We'll stop there. Have you ever experienced a moment where you were like, I'm in the middle of my dream? Like, I've dreamt about this moment. I've prayed about this moment. I've seen this moment. I've wanted this moment, and now it's here. Have you ever experienced that? 
Man, my dream is to graduate high school and get into college. And then you're, you get that acceptance letter. Or maybe my dream is to, to be in this relationship or get married and boom, you're there. Wow, you're in that dream. My dream is to get this career or to, or to serve with, with this organization. This is my dream. I want to make an impact. And then you're in it? You ever been there before? Man, that's a special moment. You know, that's where God was in this moment. He was living the dream. He was living his dream. Why? Because Jesus came on this earth and had a dream that he would raise up disciples who would then go on and do this. They would heal. They would preach. They would have conviction that that the movement would continue even after he ascended back to heaven. And so, man, God was like, it's happening. The dream is happening. God was living his dream. What happened here? They get arrested, they spend the night in jail, but instead of like the, the, the people saying, well, they must have done something wrong, no, the men were like, man, those guys stood for something, they went to jail for this, the number grew to 5,000 because these two men had conviction in their hearts. They were willing to preach the truth unapologetically no matter what the consequences, and they were willing to sacrifice everything for it. And then they ask him, they're like, by what power are you doing this? They can't believe it. Why? How, what makes you think that you can be preaching like this? Can you believe? They didn't know who Peter and John were. They weren't famous. They were like, who are you and, and whose name? You must be doing this in somebody else's name because y'all are just normal guys. Like, there should be no reason you healed somebody and then all these people are listening to you. You're just a regular person. We don't even know who you are. Who are you? What, whose name are you doing this by? They say, doing it through Jesus. It's not about us. It's about Jesus. And matter of fact, the one you crucified, <laughs> that's, that's just gangster. I mean, they threw it right back. I, these guys, they were in jail. They come out and they throw it right back in their face. You crucified Jesus. But guess what? He raised, he's raised now. He's not dead. He's raised from the dead. And then they go even further, y'all. Ooh, this is controversial to this day. Salvation is found in no one else. That there is no other name. That all roads do not lead to heaven. They say only in the name of Jesus. And they were willing to put their life on it. Ten toes down, like, whatever happens, I know that for a fact. That's the truth. I wonder how many of us had that type of conviction about Jesus. There was no room for misunderstanding here. This movement was about Jesus. It was through Jesus. It was by Jesus. It was for Jesus. This was not the inclusivity movement. Everybody's welcome. Whoever, we'll we'll take everybody. You can keep living your life, believing what you want to believe, worshiping different idols, no matter what. It doesn't matter. This is no, it wasn't. This wasn't the inclusivity movement. It wasn't for everyone because it didn't happen through everyone. It only happened through one man, Jesus Christ. God's dream was alive, and was it was being lived out through the disciples of Jesus. Now their courage stood out right? Say, man, how do these guys have so much courage? Who they were and what they were preaching out in public 
was the same, they were the same people behind closed doors when they were talking to people in power. That, that's who they were. They couldn't believe that these men had that type of conviction. You know, they wondered the same thing about the men and women in the civil rights movement. I, I can't believe that this is, like, who are you? Like, why are you taking a stand? You know, we went, when we went to an informational session, a meeting with pastors uh, about Share the Dream, we heard uh, from uh, one of the foot soldiers, J.T. Johnson. And uh, he shared about how in his town, um, one of the pastors of the church across the street came to him. He was in high school at the time. He was the captain of his football team. And, he's, and, and the pastor came to him and said, hey, listen, the, the superintendent wants to fire all the teachers that have a NCAA, NAACP card. We're gonna, they're going to fire them all. So you need to do something about it. J.T. Johnson said, what am I going to do? I'm 16 years old. He said, you need to figure something out. He said, okay. He got all his football players, everybody that plays sports, all the cheerleaders, and they walked out of school the next day. The superintendent didn't fire not one teacher. So many times we look and we're like, we have to be some, like, it's like we, we, we feel we have to be somebody we're not to make this type of impact. And we tell ourselves, well, the, the I'm not, right? Well, I'm not old enough. I don't have enough experience. I don't have enough resources. I'm not this or I'm not that. I'm not eloquent enough. I, I, I don't have enough connections, right? And I don't have enough people that even listen to me. And we get so lost in what we don't have. And we stop looking at what do we have? What impact can we make for God? J.T. Johnson went on. If you show the next picture, he was part of the wade-ins. They swam in pools that were segregated. And this is, I don't know if you've ever seen this picture before, but the hotel owner was so mad, he started putting acid in the pools. And so I, I wonder what we're standing for. Because we celebrate the civil rights movement, we benefit from the, from, from the freedoms that we have now, but are we continuing to live out that dream? Are we willing to make the same type of sacrifices that they made so we can keep moving forward? Or are we content with what they did for us and I'm just going to benefit? And so this is my challenge and my call to our young people. Now I want to ask you this to see where you stand. What biblical truth do you have the hardest time standing up for? Ooh, what bit, we may get a little controversial in here today. What biblical truth? Let me explain these to you. Number one, loving your enemy. Man, that's hard. That, and that's pretty, loving your enemy. Number two, sexual righteousness. What does that mean? The biblical truth that sex is saved for marriage between one man and one woman. Any sex outside of that is sin. Okay? What's the next one? That Christianity is not a white man's religion, all right? That's a narrative that some would like to portray out there. We know that it's not. We know that, we know that Christianity was in Africa before, before Europe, before North America, right? And yet there's this narrative that it's a white man's religion. Jesus was not white. He was not American, okay? Do you have a hard time standing up for that? Social justice. What about that one? Social justice. Is that, 
Is that tough for you? That Christians should challenge corrupt use of power and call all people to use the power God has given them uh, to, to do good. Social justice in the scriptures. What about gender identity? Do you have a hard time with this one? The teaching that outside of very rare birth defects, God created a man and a woman. That, was, that happened in the womb, and we should live accordingly uh, to that. Which one do you have the hardest time standing up for? We have about 96 people so far. Thank you for, ooh, thank you for your honesty, loving your enemy. Okay. Which one do you have the hardest time standing up for? These are the issues, the social issues of our day. Now, I'm sure the disciples would have had a hard time standing up for some of these issues too. The truth is, they didn't make it about these issues or the issues of their day. They made it about Christ. And it was through their commitment to Christ that fueled their convictions about the social issues of their day. Yes, these issues matter, but it's got to be more about Christ than the issues. We got to start with Jesus. Where is your conviction on Jesus? Can you even say he is the only name to be saved? Can you say that? Do you stand by that? It's clear in the scriptures. Are you there? These were ordinary people. They didn't have special training in the scriptures. This movement was not about who was the most educated. It was about who was the closest to Jesus. They recognized them. They took note, said, okay, we see what it is. They're ordinary. They don't have special training, but you know what? They, they obviously have been with Jesus. When people look at your lives, can they tell he's been with Jesus? She's been with Jesus. The way he, he, he supports me, the way she loves me, that her patience, her kind. Man, even when I talked about her behind her back, she didn't cancel me. She didn't write me off. She worked it out with me. Man, even though, you know, me and him don't really see eye to eye on some stuff, man, he, he, he still will show up if I need him. And I see his life. I see the relationship with his girlfriend, I see that. I see they're not sleeping together. I see that. Man, that's different. I don't know if I could do that, but man, that's different. What's being said when people look at your life? Can they tell that you've been with Jesus? They try to get him to stop, y'all. They try. They try to threaten them, but it meant too much to them. They said, you're going to let us, you think we're going to obey you rather than God? Like, what? Some of us compromise for less. Y'all know what's right. Many of you grew up in the church. You know what your parents have poured into you. You may even know what the Bible itself says and what God expects. And we compromise for less. Nobody putting a gun to our head. Nobody saying we're going to go to jail for it, right? You know what they said? We can't stop. We can't stop telling about everything we have seen and heard. We got to please God. There was, they've been through too much. They've experienced too much. They've seen, they've heard too much. They know God that intimately. We have mature Christians in this house today. They, they know God. You can't tell me to stop because I've been through it with God. He's been there with me. 
I've seen him pull me out of the darkness. I've seen him be patient with me. I've seen him pour grace and mercy into my life. I've seen the blessings. I can't stop talking about that. Some of us, we can't even start telling people about Jesus because we've never really experienced him, his power, or even spent that much time with him. We don't have anything to say about what we've seen and heard. And we may be able to say what others have seen and heard, what our family has seen and heard. And I heard somebody say on Instagram or on TikTok about God, but what have you experienced? This is your opportunity to experience God. This is your opportunity to have something to preach about, to have something to stand up for. Because if you don't stand up for something, you will fall for anything. Let's stand up for God. God has a dream for your life. God has a dream to raise up men and women to preach his gospel, to make an impact on our college campuses, in our high schools, in our neighborhoods, at our jobs. God has a dream for that. He's constantly looking. Who's going to stand in the gap? Who's going to step up? And only with God can we have an eternal impact. We can do a lot of good in this world. And we want to do good because we want our lights to shine before men, as the scriptures say. But will you have an eternal impact when it's all said and done? The only way to do that is through Jesus Christ. You know, at, at this time, I'm going to have one of the college students, Jarvis, uh, come on up. He's going to pray uh, for our communion. Communion is a time where we get to uh, take bread or a cracker that represents the body of Christ that was broken for us. And we get to drink the juice that represents the, the blood of Jesus that was poured out for our sin. And we get to just get some time to meditate on him. This is why Jesus can make the claim and why the disciples could make the claim that there is no other name except for Jesus. Why? Because Jesus is the only one that died for you. Nobody else even claims to forgive your sin. Nobody. And Jesus makes that claim and we get to celebrate that claim Today, Jarvis, come on up. You can pray for our time of communion. Um, we can have everybody bow their heads. Dear Lord, thank you for this day. Thank you for um, bringing us together to celebrate the dream and talk about the dream, Lord. Um, I pray that we can continue on the dream and not forget what you have done for us in the past. And I pray that we don't get content, but to keep um, living out your word and to keep your word in our hearts, Lord. Um, I pray for our college ministry that we can continue to grow. Um, and just thank you for bringing the AUC out, bringing Georgia State students out, Kennesaw State, Lord. Um, it's amazing to see what you're doing here. I want to say um, I pray that as we take the bread that represents Jesus Christ's body and the juice that represents the blood that was shed, that we can remember him as we leave here today. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Thanks for listening to this week's sermon. New sermons are uploaded each Monday morning. Simply search The Path Church Atlanta in iTunes, Spotify, or your favorite podcasting service. Additionally, we greatly appreciate your feedback on iTunes. 
If you would like to learn more about The Path, we encourage you to visit www.thepath.church. We hope to fellowship with you soon.